Hello, it is Thursday, December 12th, 2019, and goddamn, we got a good one for you. Conversating about a lot of things with a lot of good people. I'll tell you what, life is great, but it could be better. The only way, how is if I was to go experience a live event? What a good transition by me, honestly. It wasn't forced at all. You had no idea that an ad was just coming, bang, third sentence into the show. But here we are, 20 25 seconds into an ad read, and I haven't even said the name of the company. Real buffoon over here, but the way to not be a buffoon is to shop with the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and... Mars. It's the moon, I know. Yeah, but like, you know, that's like a moment I think people... Listening. People would like yeah, to but, know that they go to Mars as well as the moon. Yeah, yeah. I think we. Yeah, yeah. We but what farther. I'm. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the man on the moon up there, you know? Michael Jackson. Nope. Wait, that's not Michael Jackson. No, it's. Uh, Elton John. Nope. Nope. It's, uh, it's uh, Andy. Huh? Man on the moon. Jim Carrey played that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who yeah. sings that song? Man on the Moon? Yeah, isn't it Elton John? Rocket Man! No, there's a Man on the Moon song too, isn't there? I think there is. I think you're right. And if there was a song about the Man on the Moon, like we're expecting or assuming, and they were to have a concert up there, you'd want to buy your tickets from the number one ticket-buying platform here and there. And that's our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek scans all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the best tickets available. You won't get catfish. The ticket you buy is the ticket that you get so you can shop with confidence, knowing that you're not going to get screwed over. And right now, use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Wow. Promo code McAfee. You get $20 off your first order. Holy shit. Giving away tickets. So have a little self-awareness. If you're rich, go ahead and use Pat to get $10 off your first order. If you're not rich yet, use promo code MACFEED to get $20 off your first order. We need both those things to keep going. That's just good business. Cheese it Bowl, December 27, 2019. I will not be on the call for ESPN, but I will be in the stadium with a microphone, punting balls into bowls of cheese, hopefully, to raise money, sitting atop a two-story Cheese it box with you. If you win a contest, if you can display your passion for Cheez-Its in an epic fashion on Twitter and utilize the hashtag CheesePickMePatEntry, C-H-E-E-Z-P-I-C-K-M-E-P-A-T-E-N-T-R-Y, really flows off the tongue there, CheesePickMePatEntry. You could win the contest, free airfare, free hotel, and sit next to me while Washington State and the Air Force Falcons take each other on in Arizona, December 27, 2019. Also at Cheese It, because they're the ones picking who wins. Make it awesome. We already got some incredible entries, and I can't wait to see yours. And I can't wait to see your reaction to the rest of this show. Tweet me at Pat McAfee Show.
Tweet the guys at Ty Schmidt, at Tone Diggs, at Nick Moraldo, at Bubba Gumpino, at Boston Connor, at Viva Lazito, at Todd McComas, and at Billy McComas. All right, we're back at it. We are joined immediately by a man who said what is being said about the Patriots isn't accurate and he needs to get something off of his chest. A man who was a quarterback for nearly two decades in the NFL, a ball boy as a child in the NFL, a co-worker, a friend, a former teammate, friend of the show, Matt Hasselbeck. Hey, I miss you guys. I miss you guys. We miss you, too. I mean, we got to see you there a lot for a lot of weeks. Now we had a week or two off, and we miss your presence. But I would like to jump right into this because you texted me yesterday telling me that everybody's got it wrong about this Patriots Spygate 2.0, and you have something to say. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, well, you know, I don't know if that's completely accurate, Pat. I think I just missed you and wanted to talk to you. But I, did, I was surprised. I heard you yesterday talking to Rich Eisen, talking on your show, talking about all this stuff. And I'm surprised that you forgot some of the stuff that I taught you this year. What did I teach you? What did I teach you about the difference between college football and NFL football? Do you remember? Athletes, uh, faster people, taller people, stronger people. Balls get thrown further. Balls get kicked further. Balls get caught more. That type of okay, stuff. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. So in college, one of the most fascinating things to us was how every team had to signal in their plays. Yep. Right? Like in college, you got Memphis has got like their ball boys doing it, their equipment staff and Stanford, they got David Shaw doing it. Everybody, some people have their backup quarterbacks doing it. Well, in the NFL, there's a coach to quarterback system where the coach calls the play right into the quarterback. Hey, guys, we got a uh, doubling reg, deep return, two jet X dagger, Y shell across fake 40. Right? It goes right into the helmet. Mark Whipple at Pittsburgh has his college quarterback run to the sideline in between every play to give him the play. Okay, they don't have the coach-to-quarterback system. That used to be just for quarterbacks in the NFL. But now in the NFL, and they changed this a few years ago, there's a coach-to-quarterback communication system to one player on the defense. Uh So to the middle linebacker or to the free safety. So there's really no reason that a defense has to even signal the way that they used to their, their huddle calls in, their play calls in. So you're saying, what you're implying here is, even if they were recording the Bengals' sideline, what all signals could they have pen- uh, potentially got? Because the microphone is going straight to the middle linebacker who's relaying the message anyway. So eight minutes worth of tape on the sideline, they really might not have any signals because in the NFL, this, this is all tech, tech stuff. Basically, that's what I'm saying. Now, people still signal in like what personnel we're going to be in. Hey, guys, you'll put like the number three up. It's three wides. Hey, they'll put like, you know, the number two up. Hey, we're going two tight ends. You know, stuff like that. But like you could see three wides running into the game, two tight ends running into the game, extra linemen running into the game. So to me, like, I don't know, like if this was 10 years ago, sure, it's a big deal to be, but in 2019, I think it's less of a big deal, and 
that, that's just sort of my opinion. I was surprised that you didn't remember that well, difference, well, though. So, uh, <laughs> you got a lot on your plate, though. Hold on. I do have a lot on my plate, and I do remember the paranoia of these college coaches because sign-stealing is a real thing in college. I mean, it is. they had billboards up. They mm-hmm. have people blocking the people giving signs. It's a big deal. The signal-stealing is a real epidemic in college football. And let me get this on the record from Matt Hasselbeck, an NFL lifer, quarterback, a man who was playing quarterback while the last Spygate was happening. A man who is not a Patriots fan, didn't play for the Patriots, a guy who is, by all accounts, a third-party independent opinion in this whole thing, ESPN NFL personality, Matt Hasselbeck. You're saying even if they were recording the sideline in 2019 with the way everything is, they're not really gaining that much of an advantage? I I don't see what you could really learn from doing that. Yeah, that's, that's my opinion. I think everybody's missing that. And I'm actually kind of upset with me. So disappointed in myself. Exactly. Me too. Because yesterday I was talking about how I don't know the Patriots who are a cerebral team would just send in a Patriot polo wearing a Boston Bruin into a press box where everybody has a camera phone and then just start shooting things. I didn't even put two and two together. Like, well, even if they were, what were they possibly getting? That's on me. I, I feel like an idiot. Yeah, I mean, we all know that. It well, gets you know, it, 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 like once upon a time, Pat, just like college, you see all the guys like we were down at, you know, the, we had Baylor, West Virginia, and like we couldn't see some of the sidelines because they were protecting their signals. A lot of colleges will like protect their signals. That kind of used to be how it was in the NFL. That's just not how it is anymore. There's nothing to steal, really. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised you missed it, but it's all right. We're all human. You got a lot on your plate, man. You're getting ready for that cheese it Bowl, you know, whatever <laughs> you're doing. Mr. Hasselbeck, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for clarifying that. So, as we suspected, and even though they do have things in their past that would make you think, oh, they're cheating, this really does feel like this is much to do about really nothing. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's how I see it. But anyway, good to talk to you, man. And uh, tell your boys hello. I miss the boys. Um, I follow on social media so that I feel like I get my fix. But uh, we'll have to hook up sometime soon. You got it. Hey, Matt, we all miss you too. Diggs, as a guy who loves the football like I do, as a guy who's been a lifer in NFL football fanhood like I am, as a man who tends to read and study everything about NFL football, how did we miss this yesterday? And how did everybody miss this yesterday when really, I think our big thing was, my big thing was, there's no way they're going to do it this blatant. I mean, hide in plain sight, though, is mm. something that people do, and I guess that's what they did the last time. But for me, how do we miss this? That signals are kind of obsolete now in the NFL. Really, what could they have gotten? Why would they risk it? Because all we really wanted to do was say what? Not, well, we wanted to say the Patriots. Patriots are cheating again! <laughs> Same old Patriots! <laughs> but you don't, because like you're not a Patriots hater like most of us are. Like yeah. My brain... So disappointed. I think it went straight past the logical, hey, you know, everyone just calls the plays in through the headset now. Yeah. And went straight to, I want the Patriots to be cheating so bad. So bad, because they've been good for so long. To think that they're able to beat people without cheating for this long is kind of a humbling feeling, a humbling opinion. And there was no lo- – I did, and this is no joke, <laughs> I did like 22 hours of interviews yesterday. For that cheese it bowl, mm-hmm. December 27, 2019, the biggest best bowl of all time ever. Coach Mike Leach in the air raid offense of the Washington State Cougars are taking on the American badass Air Force Falcons uh, in Arizona. 
did that like 17 times. Same interview, 17 times. Or so, okay, <laughs> Talked about the cheese bowl talked about the Patriots cheating, talked about college football playoffs. It was magical. Got to talk to a lot of people. M- me, who I like to think I have a pretty good brain in this thing, level head, like to see both sides of things. Mm-hmm. I think I lay that out. Much to the chagrin sometimes of people that are listening. Like, hey, why are you taking that, that stance? Well, I think I've seen not one person said, well, it's 2019. There's really not that many signals unless they get a lip reader. And is the lip reader going to be able to translate things fast enough during games? I'm not 100% sure. So now if you're a Patriots fan and this all comes to light today or later in yesterday, or if you're a Patriots fan thinking, who are they getting signals from anyways? You have to feel so vindicated. This is Patriots fans now being back on top of everybody else. Like, oh, these people are trying to take us down with this thing. What could they have possibly gotten? And it turns out Matt Hasselbeck would know. Nothing. There's literally nothing they could have got, which it was a good Tuesday, though. I mean, we had a oh, good yeah. Tuesday I mean, running with it. I mean, the Patriots being cheaters again was a make sure great Tuesday. Great. Great Tuesday. But I, even, I haven't even seen Patriots defenders come up with this conclusion. You're right. Everybody went straight past logic because what the Patriots have done defies logic, right? What they have been mm-hmm. able to do in a league that lives off of parity, where players get older, players get bad, people. People lose interest in what they're doing. The Patriots just been able to win. Their offenses look terrible. They're ten and three still. It just make nothing makes sense with the Patriots. So to think that you're going to come to a logical conclusion about something that they potentially do is just not. We're all humans. We make mistakes. And Hasselbeck literally texted me yesterday and was like, "I am so disappointed in you." And I'm like, "What did I do?" He's like, "I am so disappointed." <laughs> but you also came around, and and I think I still agree with this. It's like the optics still don't look good, even if no, they weren't agreed. doing anything, and and like they were going to get caught. You knew people were going to react like this, so that almost is like, well, why even put yourself in the position to have this type of firestorm be the reaction? Agree completely. And the optics are everything in this world because what people think is normally going to be what happens until you debunk it completely. For instance, down in Dallas. Every time Jerry Jones speaks, there's a, the same narrative with different wording. Mm-hmm. Jason Garrett is long gone. They still have a chance to make the playoffs and host a home playoff game. <laughs> and the conversation, not a once for the last three weeks, has been, yeah, our coach is safe. Instead, <laughs> it's the complete opposite. We got this lame duck coach right now mm-hmm. who has literally no power, and all the players know it. This guy's gone as soon as this season is over, unless we win a Super Bowl for this guy, which doesn't seem like they want to do. They got the Rams this weekend. That's going to be a tough one. But for me, Jerry Jones speaks, and he says, I can say without doubt that that, that is not correct. <laughs> that his son did not meet with Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. But he didn't say that he wouldn't be against it. He said, I, but I am now saying that I'm against it. Hey, <laughs> I'm saying it didn't happen yet. <laughs> Your guys' stories are a little bit conflicted. I, I, hey, I can say with 100% certainty that the Salvation Army does a lot of good. I can say with 100% certainty that whenever I built this stadium from my own pocket, I'm allowed to do whatever the hell I want to do. I'm allowed. I can say with 100% certainty that I own 100% of this team and anybody talking outside of this place, I don't give a damn. And I can say with 100% certainty we have not met with Urban Meyer yet. <laughs> Urban Meyer would stink as an NFL coach, by the way. He's a dictator, right? Uh He's an authoritarian. Anybody that's played for Urban Meyer says the same things. The same things that are said about Nick Saban, who I can't Mm -hmm. wait to hear. Him and Bill Belichick had a sit-down last night. Nick will break that down. Nick Saban, Rich Rodriguez, Urban Meyer, these these types of college coaches, they have success in college because in college you can control – Every single minute of your player's life, every decision that they make, every workout that they have, everything that they do, you can control. And by the way, some places need it. 
Like, looking back on it, my West Virginia team was a team that was filled and littered with humans, boys that were not yet men that could make good decisions. So Rich Rodriguez controlled every single aspect of her life. Okay, 6 a.m., you have this lift, then you have this, then you have class, then you have practice, then you have study, then you have dinner, then you you go home, Pat, <laughs> and you go to bed. I guess Urban Meyer's that same way, Nick Saban's that same way. Now, granted, I'm not saying all college coaches are this way. They're not. Pete Carroll was obviously not this way. He has had success going into the NFL from college. But if you look at these authoritarian, Petrino, I believe, whenever he mm -hmm. went to the Falcons, Saban when he went to the Dolphins, these guys who are used to controlling people's lives in college, which they have a lot of success in, they can do because the players aren't making more money than they are. That is something that doesn't always transition well into the NFL when you're talking about adults and people who do have high football IQs because they've been around the game for for 15, 20 years, just as long as you have. Imagine Urban Meyer telling Vinatieri something in the way that he would talk to an 18-year-old. Now, I'm not saying that Urban Meyer wouldn't be able to adjust his tactics, but it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Urban Meyer does the same thing. He shows up, he takes over, he wins, there's a cheating scandal, he leaves, goes to TV, put that on repeat. I'm not 100% sure that'll work in the NFL. Personalities are very different in the NFL, especially whenever you're talking about millions and millions of dollars so I think he obviously is going to return to coaching at some point because it's kind of his itch football guys need to get back into football but I don't think the NFL is the right opportunity and I think Jerry Jones is not against meeting with him but I think ultimately at the end of the day Jerry Jones is not going to hire somebody that's a dictator mm -hmm. to run a team that he is in charge of right that just sounds like a nightmare before it even gets started yeah because he's obviously Urban obviously knows X's and O's he's obviously a good coach but I think the bag on him is that he's an incredible recruiter and you don't get that in the NFL, much less in Dallas, where you really don't have control over who's on the field. Yes, 100%. And that narrative, I don't know if Jerry's hearing or not, because it's starting to turn on him. I think people are getting tired of talking about Jason Garrett being the problem. And the narrative of every show that we watch now is, is, is Jerry the problem? I'll tell you what, I, I'm the problem. <laughs> My hands don't get cramps right in the chest. <laughs> you can talk to Troy Aikman. Who, doesn't he have a nice little studio set up here at Jerry World? Yeah, I built that for Troy. <laughs> you ever heard of Michael Irvin? I made him. How about Emmett Smith? You know those championships? These Cowboys, America's team, came straight out of my brain. So anybody that says I'm the problem, to hell with <laughs> Kid Cuddy and R.E.M. were the answers we were looking for the Man on the Moon song. There were two of them we couldn't think of in real time <laughs> earlier. But there is something that you should be doing right now. Yes, we interrupted this show to tell you not only who sings a Man on the Moon song, there's two different groups. Well, one person, one group. But also to tell you that right now, this season, Omaha Steaks is sharing an amazing limited time offer for listeners of this show, and there's still time to place your order for the holidays. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code AMERICA in the search bar to order the favorite gift package, the gift all of your friends and family will love for only $69.99. Order now and you'll get, oh, big God, you will get a big God. You'll get a big smile on your face whenever you receive four six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet mignons, four savory premium pork chops, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four perfectly brown potatoes au gratin, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, and an Omaha Steak signature seasoning packet. But wait... 
There's more. For listeners of this show, whenever you get the favorite gift package at omahasteaks.com and type America in the search bar, you also get a free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board. All that delicious food plus the free cutlery set that folks will enjoy for years to come for only $69.99. Omaha Steaks are the most tender, the most flavorful, and you can only get steaks of this quality from Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher. Again, order now and you can get the favorite gift package plus the free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board for only $69.99. Just go to omahasteaks.com and type America in the search bar. Don't wait. If you want to take advantage of this offer, which is insane, Omaha Steaks is giving away their damn company. Get your gift now and before the holidays are over. Order the favorite gift package today. We're being joined now by a man who's an all-pro... He owns his own fight club. Badass American, former linebacker, lights out. Sean DeAndre Merriman. Wow. Hey, you man. snuck that DeAndre in there. I haven't heard that in years. <laughs> I just saw it on Wikipedia. I, there's no way I was going to pass that up. I wish you would have won as a child as DeAndre Merriman, kind of. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, I appreciate and respect Sean Merriman, but DeAndre <laughs> is a great name. <laughs> I haven't heard outside of my family, man. Nobody else had uh, brought that up, so that was a good one. Hey, fun facts here. Uh, let's get to something. Philip Rivers was trending on everything yesterday because some videos were re-released of him talking trash and chirping. Have you ever heard a human be as chirpy as he is without swearing and still getting under people's skin like Philip Rivers? No, ever. No, <laughs> and, and you know what? There'll never be one because it's impossible. He's, uh, you know, he. You know, first off, I went to University of Maryland, and he went to NC State, uh, which he never beat me while he was in college, by the way. He's, <laughs> he's, yeah, I just want to add that in because I never <laughs> let him live that down. But I used to hate Phillip Rivers' guts. I mean, every time we played him, I hated him because he would never stop talking. You hit him, he'll pat you on the head and tell you good hit. I mean, even the little, the littlest things, he would get under your damn skin. But I started to notice something my second year. I never heard him curse. And then my third, my third year, his senior year, I never heard him curse. And then when I finally end up playing with him, I talked to him about it and realized it is not a possibility of him cursing, no matter how mad he is. How does he have that gauge? He just says, "Oh shucks," and then because he he is you normally the people that are very chirpy are the most competitive humans on the field, which I would assume is Philip Rivers. He's a very competitive person, but normally ipso facto, if this then this, usually the most competitive humans on earth don't have a filter or a gauge for four letter words that society says that you can't pl- uh, can't say. That I think that is almost more impressive than any of it all. You know what it is? It's Philip is one of the most observant people i've ever been around okay he'll watch everything you do watch what you say he you actually when we used to be in the linebacker meeting rooms he would walk down the hallway rapping to whatever the hottest lyrics were on the radio (laughs) right because he would he would listen to whatever we played in the locker room he can rap whatever few verses it is and he's just listening he's watching you so in the game he's observing like what gets under your skin what can he say to get under your skin or what can he do to make to get a reaction out of you and that's how how great he is as a competitor because all competitors know the right little button to press and he's always been that person he knows exactly what to say what to do like he did with yannick you know my, my former my former term 
90 yard <laughs> touchdown. Has the guy helped him up, by the way? The guy helps him up and then he just can't help it. He just had to do it. I love it. And, and you know, when he put his arms down to his side, I mean, this is this is not a show. You people need to understand that this is this isn't a show. This isn't Philip trying to necessarily act in front of the cameras. This isn't this isn't Philip trying to even in that play, I don't believe he initially tried to get under Yannick's skin. Now when he says something, when Philip finally he can get a reaction out of you, that's when <laughs> he is going to say something. He's going to really push uh, pressure button. Okay, do you think, now aside from yesterday, Philip Rivers is getting a lot of love by everybody because it wasn't only hilarious, it was competitive, it was chirpy, it was, it was humanizing to see somebody act and how we would appreciate and expect people to act as opposed to the normal mic'd up situations where it's like, ah, <laughs> and then Russell Wilson's like, here we go, here we go, clear eyes, clear hearts. So to hear a guy actually talk how we would mostly expect and hope somebody would talk kind of humanizes and makes him a good person. But aside from yesterday where everybody was loving on him, do you think Philip Rivers is the most underappreciated good quarterback in the history of the NFL? No doubt about it. How come? Um, no doubt about it. And, and for one, I know why. I know why people are going to say that. For, it's the Super Bowl rings, right? You look at the, yeah. the great quarterbacks of our time, and you see they all got rings. Uh, I, you, I guess you can take Dan Marino out of that equation, but you know, just about everybody else. <laughs> Ricochet shot Dan Marino. <laughs> you know, but outside of that, and then two, I don't think that See, right now, we're just seeing that Phillip Rivers is the competitor and not this loudmouth jerk, right? He's a loudmouth, but he's more of a loudmouth competitor than he is a jerk. And and people for years, I'll never forget when him and Jay Cutler, they had this big thing some years ago, right? And they just saw Phillip kind of head jerking motion and hands going. And it was a big thing. And it was, um, it, it, you know, it, it, it spread like wildfire and that's when the Phillip Rivers, oh, I hate this guy. He talks so much, and he's saying this, saying that. That's when that kind of stigma was with him. But people didn't understand it. He, he was just talking back to fans and people who was talking to him. You know, this wasn't this wasn't some clown or some jerk that's going at people. This is this is a person that is really reacting and interacting with fans who was heckling us the whole entire game. Yeah, and I think we see that on the internet now even more so, especially if you're somebody who's notable. Somebody will chirp you, but if you respond and you're obviously better than the person to chirp you and you bury that person, then it's immediately like, oh, real classy. Oh, oh aren't you just a jerk? It's like, no, no, you open the door. I just so happen to come in and ruin your entire house. And that's that's a little bit of a different situation. That's why I respect Phil Rivers, to be honest. I enjoy people that are not only competitive, but I think in the in between the lines – like, I believe that chirping's good. I think it's entertainment. Whatever gets you going or gets them off their game, I think is beautiful, to be honest. I, I am a big fan of it. It is, and, and that's one thing about Phillip. And, you know, I was fortunate enough when I got in the NFL, like I had Drew Brees there and then Phillip Rivers right behind him, right? And so you kind of like, oh, well, you know, Drew Brees is going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, uh, one of the best that ever did it. But if you ask me who I'd rather play with, it will be Phillip Rivers. Whoa, whoa, and Sean, that's gonna hey, that's gonna make some waves. I just wanna, <laughs> no, 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 I mean, don't, I love Drewsy. Don't get me wrong, I love him as a person. I love him as a player. But you asking me who I'd rather play with? Yeah. And I, for the teams, for the teams that we had, right? For the teams that we had, and what we stood for, and uh, you know, kind of our, um, I guess, our attitude and approach to the game and how we were. 
Philip fits that mold a lot better than anyone else because of what we had built. Now it's a shame that we didn't walk away with the ring or two out of that, you know, those that run that we had. But if you ask me who I'd rather play with, it's it's Philip Rivers. Okay, so Philip Rivers has been playing for a long time. His contract is up. There's been no renegotiation. Everybody knows that he's still driving to work in that beautiful sprinter van that has his number on the headrest. What do you think the future is for Philip Rivers? I'm not assuming that you talk to him and ask him this question. I'm just saying, in your mind, especially as somebody who is as competitive as Philip Rivers is, what do you think his future is, especially with this year not going as well as people could imagine? Well, for one, the teams have to do what's, what's best for them in the future, right? So at some point in time, you, you have to pass the torch. And I don't care if you're Tom Brady or uh, Peyton Manning, whoever it is. I mean, we saw Peyton Manning leave, you know, depart from the Colts. To, Got cut. Uh, to, yeah. I mean, this was this was the, the greatest or the best quarterback that I've, I've ever faced, I've ever played against, and i played against a lot of them. And he's the best, and he got cut released. Um, and I'm not saying that's going to happen with the Chargers, but I think it's going to come down to – when when do we start to build for our future, right? Do, do they draft a guy? Do they bring a young guy in? Do they groom the talent that they have there? I mean, at some point in time, the team has to start moving on because Phillip doesn't have a lot of time to play. Now, is it he come? Does he come back in for one more year? I, I think so. I mean, I, I think that you know he's he's still playing at a high enough level where he can go out and, and and win you ten games. I do believe that he can win you ten games next year and get you into the playoffs and so forth. Maybe you draft a guy and, and, and or groom the talents that you have there to come back, you know, come in and play. But I don't – me personally, I feel like it's not necessarily time to move on from Phillip Rivers. Gotcha. A lot of people are thinking maybe he goes back to Carolina for the Panthers, grooms either Kyle Allen or Will Greer for another year run when they send Cam Newton maybe to the Bears and turn that franchise around, even though MVP Mitch is getting hot. Okay, let's pivot to something else here now. Jerry Jones and Urban Meyer are this thing that is currently hitting the media rounds. Jerry Jones says that his son has not talked to Urban Meyer and then basically said yet because he said, I would be open to it. These college coaches, they operate in a much different manner we saw it with uh Saban we saw it with Petrino Urban Meyer I assume is I've been told is the same type of authoritarian dictator like coach in college which can work how would a man like yourself who's a businessman and all pro big personality hard worker as an adult handle a college coach coming in acting as if you are still a college kid and do you think Urban Meyer has a chance to be a successful NFL coach or do you think he should just stick to being a dominant college coach who gets caught up in some scandals, leaves and goes somewhere else. <laughs> I think uh, I think Urban Meyer Urban Meyer would do great. Um, really? We, we actually talked uh, just probably about a year ago. We were at um, Tim Tebow's golf uh, event down in down in Jacksonville, and I talked to him about this. This is this is a year ago, closer a year ago, um, about coming in the NFL. And you know, it's funny at the time when someone's ret- when someone retires or they move on and they go and get the TV job, they're done. They don't want to do anything. And, you know, now you start to see they miss it, yeah. right? They miss being in that position where they're a leader, they're coaching, and the, the locker room, just like us. You know, anybody asks us, what's the first thing you miss about football? You miss the locker room, you miss being around the guys. Um, I got a little sense of that when I talked to my this past, you know, a year ago, and I knew this was going to happen at some point in time. I didn't think that, that the, it would be the Cowboys. I thought it would be somewhere else. Um the problem that I see that happen is is the clash with Jerry Jones and Urban Meyer. Oh yeah, um, Urban Meyer coming in and he likes to do things his way. He's a great coach and he deserves to do things his way. Would Jerry Jones let him do that? You know, he's he's the opposite of Jason Garrett. You know, Urban Meyer is the opposite of Jason Garrett. He's not going to go in and fold and do what you what you're telling them. And um, 
and, and kind of let someone else run the team. And, and that's, those things are just not going to happen. Okay, so you and I are from a different generation than a lot of the young uh, NFL players now. I, I think I actually saw the transition in humans that were coming into the NFL as the younger generation came through. And I honestly believe the the difference is if you had a smartphone in high school or not. Like, I think that is a quick way to tell if you're a different generation. And that generation is a little bit different, right? They have to be treated a little bit different because they have different problems than we had, right? They have much different problems than we had in their real problems, right? So there's a little bit, people call them soft i just think it's different than what it used to be because it's a whole new world now do you think a disciplinarian style coach who has no accomplished resume in the nfl could come in as his first time nfl coach and have success with this new breed of human that is playing in the nfl yeah i believe so okay um you know we, we've seen in the past and this this is what i do not like about some of the college coaches i think you touched on it a little bit i don't like how they come in and implement their style right uh, the, the pros, when you get in to the NFL, the pros are about realizing that these guys are grown men, they have families, and they make millions of dollars a year, and you have to treat people as such. Um, I do believe that Urban Meyer is capable of doing that. I do believe that he can come in. Uh, just in my, my time being around him, I didn't, get the, I, didn't, I didn't get the feel that I couldn't be coached by Urban Meyer if he came in. Yeah. Right? I, I wouldn't listen to him when he would be uh, you know, talking down to me as this, as this I'm some 17, 18-year-old kid. In college, I got to feel that if you're a great player, you play hard, he he respects you, <clears throat> and that's where the line is drawn. That's what I get for being around Urban Meyer. Okay. Well, I guess we might find out. From what it sounds like, this is a real potential opportunity. We'll be excited to see who Jerry ends up hiring and how it works with Jerry Jones. Uh, last question for you, Sean, before you got to go take care of one of your 45 businesses, I assume. Um, the AFC looks like it literally runs, spins, jukes, and options through the Baltimore Ravens right now. How do you stop that team without Lamar Jackson just getting hurt, which they're saying the squad is a little bit tight, but how do you stop that Baltimore Ravens team if you're uh, in a defender in the AFC right now? Well, this is this is my theory. Um, first of all, they, I don't think they can be completely stopped. I, think, I do think they can be contained. Okay. Uh, one thing that we've seen in the past is teams figure out, right, it's a copycat league. You put a certain thing on film, and as soon as someone else show us how to stop it, we're going to do exactly that. No one, no one has kind of shown that yet. Yep. But what I do believe is is that the New England Patriots, they've been doing this for so long, right? They're, they already know they're going to be at the top of their division. You already see that you're going to face the, the Ravens during the regular season. I think that they're already preparing to, to, to play them in the postseason. In my opinion, like sprinkling believe, it in during the week, you think there's like maybe like one or two plays during the week, or are you talking about mentally, strategically, or actual physically? Oh yeah, mentally and strategically. I believe that they didn't show everything and what they wanted to do during the regular. They knew they're going to see these guys in the postseason. Why? You know, why would you do everything to get a win that doesn't matter as much oh, in the regular season? That's insane and, to think about. That. And, they you know, held we, back we, during I, the game. I've seen that out of the Patriots many a times. I've seen you know them become a regular team in the, in the i mean whatever now their regular is a really good team but <laughs> them not doing things in the regular season and you're going to see lamar jackson and those guys again during the during the postseason why would you show anything 
beforehand where you can go out and, and get the win that really matters. Okay, so before I let you go here, the New England Patriots yesterday tied up in quite a controversy yet again with their uh, craft productions, do your job uh, content piece where one of the photographers who was an independent contractor, we we're being told, was filming the Bengals sideline. Yesterday, the world was up in arms about it. Matt Hasselbeck called in here to begin the show and said, Pat, in 2019, there's not a lot of signals anymore in the NFL. It's a lot of communication through the headpiece of the middle linebacker. So even if they did record the sideline, there's not really much that they're going to get. If this was 10 years ago, maybe a different ball game. But right now, he doesn't see it as that big of a deal. Do you agree with him or disagree with him? It's the Patriots, man. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the only organization to get this amount of stuff. And, I, and I'm not – True. Hating on them right now. I'm just saying just the straight up facts. There's just so much stuff over it and over and over again. I know they're taking responsibility and that's fine. The only thing I will say, there ain't too much spine you need to do on a Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna get if you're gonna risk yourself getting caught, it ain't gonna be against them. It's gonna be against somebody who you know, you, you don't you don't have a you have a problem playing or you have a problem beating, you're gonna do it when the when something's a little bit more on the line. You're not going to do it then. And you're damn sure not going to wear Patriot shirts up in the booth. Yeah, I know. That's, that's I, what I, I think, too. I think it's a, it's, it seems like this is the Patriots are a cerebral team. And to be caught by doing the same thing in the past, to just stroll two buffoons in there with Boston Bruin jerseys and Patriots polos on and to shoot the side, I just. For, now, granted, I might be completely wrong about the Patriots. I, I might be completely wrong. They might be able to do something this amateur, but in my eyes, I'm just not. I don't think that's how it rolls up there, man. I just don't think that's how it rolls But they have in the past. <laughs> so you have to always say, but eh, it is the Patriots. Who knows? Yeah, it's a, you can never put anything past them, but I just can't see them doing anything that stupid. That's pretty dumb. All right. Hey, you look <laughs> and, like. And you know what? Their season vested this, so they ain't slipping up like that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> they were probably like, Bill Belichick's like, mm, they caught who? Oh, what about our guy we had in the crowd? We had a guy in the crowd filming. We don't need that guy up there. Uh, Sean, I can't thank you enough. Good luck with everything. When's the next Lights Out fight? Uh, we're looking at in uh end of January, but. Check us out on Fox Sports West and Prime Ticket and uh, several other regions in the country. Fox Sports. Hey, we appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, lights out, Sean Merriman. Thank you, brother. We interrupt this incredibly stupid show to let you know that finding the perfect pair of jeans is a real pain. Who wants to go to the mall and try on a bunch of pants that don't fit and are stiff as a board? No one is the answer. Sam. Not no one. No, yeah, no one. No one. Yeah, no one. No one wants to get pants that are stiff as a board and don't fit. Right? Right, babe. Why are you including me? Well, I just want to know if you, you agree. Yeah, I, I do agree. Well, a few former Under Armour execs saw an opportunity here and took everything they knew about athletic apparel and applied it to denim, denim, denim. RevTown created a proprietary fabric that combines Italian milled denim, a little bit of stretch, and a strong, durable thread, just like the stuff used in football uniforms and workout gear. RevTown jeans are as tough as work pants, as comfortable as sweatpants, and as stylish as designer jeans. That sounds like perfection. Tough as work pants, comfortable as sweatpants, Stylish as designer jeans. Check, check, check. All the boxes. 
on what makes a good pair of jeans. Born in the Rust Belt, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Revtown jeans are built to last. Our athletic strength denim keeps up with you on the go from the office to the bar and anywhere your weekend may take you, even a nap, for instance. The kicker? By dealing directly with the customer, you can get your hands on these jeans for a killer price. You can get your hands on these durable, flexible, and ultra-comfortable jeans for only 79 bucks. That's less than half the price of a traditional designer jean, and these are tougher than them and more comfortable than them. 79 bucks for the perfect pants. Head over to RevTownUSA.com to pick up a pair. RevTownUSA.com, R-E-V-T-O-W-N-U-S-A.com to pick up a pair. RevTown offers free shipping and free returns, so you have no excuse not to grab some new jeans. If you're using those cheap-ass jeans still, go ahead and spend $79 on a pair of jeans you'll wear every day. It's okay to wear jeans every day, by the way. I literally do it all the time. It's one of those things where when you wear them, you break them. Yeah, you got to wash them, obviously. Don't be nasty. But when you get a good pair of jeans that walks with you as opposed to trying to hold you back, it's a whole new world. Stop saying, these jeans trying to hold me back. Move forward in a much more comfortable fashion with RevTel. Excuse me. These jeans try to hold me back. These jeans try to hold me back. These jeans try to hold me back. I look to my left. I look to my right. Revtown. Jeans are the best. I am bummed out. What happened, man? Antonio Brown's on another tweeting spree right now, basically solidifying the fact he's never going to be back in the NFL. Oh. Sad day. I can't see. I'm blocked. So, I... <laughs> is it bad? It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. It's not good. It's not good. He's going very ham right now on the. Twitter. He woke up on the wrong side of bed. Antonio Brown, Pittsburgh Steeler, Oakland Raider, New England Patriot, all in the span of one year. By all accounts, one of the most dynamic football players to ever play football. Mm-hmm. Was an underrated guy coming out of Central, Central Michigan. Michigan. Mm-hmm. He's returned a punt against me and many others. He is an incredible wide receiver. He is a dynamic football player when he's on the field. He's a hard worker by all the counts. The guy loves the game of football and works his ass off. Has been in the middle of no less than what seems to be 15 controversies within the last year, whether it's getting out of Pittsburgh, getting out of Oakland, then the stuff that happened in New England. He had allegations against him that were terrible. None of those have been proven, by the way, but there has been allegations that are terrible against him. Then he comes out after he gets released from the Patriots. He buries the owner, Robert Kraft, owner of Kraft Productions, which had a camera on the sideline of the Bengals for eight minutes this past weekend. But there's just been a lot of controversy surrounding him off the field. And I have been somebody who's not only witnessed his greatness on the field and experienced it and got shook to death uh, by Antonio Brown, has been somebody that said, you know what? I hope that Antonio Brown can figure out a way to bury all the off the field nonsense so we can get back to seeing the great football player that he is on the field because I think the game does miss him. There's teams that need him and could use him. There is a lot of things with Antonio Brown that I wish 
You should not be showing that. Uh, I don't know if you've <laughs> gone through them. There's, there. It's not good. No. He was going on an apology tour. He was starting to come back around. He was saying sorry to people. He was trying to make amends. He released a rap album or a rap song the other day. And now this morning, all of that has been completely 180'd, and he is not happy that the NFL and the NFLPA have not allowed or afforded him the opportunity to get back in the NFL, and his Twitter right now is very, very aggressive towards a lot of things. Yeah, it is. Uh, and he's still going? He's, he's, still, yeah, he's going still going strong. Yeah, he's like seven, eight tweets deep right now in the last 20 minutes that are all very disparaging to numerous different humans, and I just think right now is the moment where we can say that Antonio Brown will not be on a football team this year, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure he'll ever be back in the NFL due to these tweets. Even if somebody was potentially thinking about signing him with the things that are happening currently on his Twitter account, I just don't think it's going to be possible for a team to bring him back in. You hate to speculate about it, but is it possible? Like, CTE has to be like a, somewhat of a discussion here, just with like how how crazy the wave of emotion is in terms of like, I want to come back, I want to play, and then F everybody – I'm sorry. Like, do you think that there's any truth to that or like anywhere to look in there? Well, Dr. Will Smith told me. Mm-hmm. What's funny is you? Well, the doctor. Well, he was. He was. Doctor. Yeah. Surgeon, what? actually. I'm trying to tell the truth. Tell, tell, the, tr- the, truth. Hey, tell, the, tell the truth. I'm trying to tell the truth. I don't know enough about CTE, right? I, I, I don't think anybody does. All I do know that I have some friends that are potential candidates for it that mm-hmm. kind of scares me for my for their future and for our future as friends, right? I'm, I'm scared for it, especially that movie where you see the outcome of it in a very, very sad manner. So I don't want to speculate on a potential of that happening, but it does feel as if things come in waves with Antonio Brown, and I just hope he gets it corrected, personally. As right. a guy that has had a lot of conversations with Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown and I would talk before every single game I'm not saying we're friends by any means because we haven't hung out outside of football, but we had a lot of respect for each other, I think. And I I enjoy conversations with him. He was very nice, obviously. He's done a lot of things where people enjoy him. And then there's just these moments where it's just like, damn, man, I wish that didn't happen. And for me, I assume he's going to stay in shape for the long haul. I hope he gets it figured out somehow. I don't know who will help him do that, whether it's Rosenhaus or maybe some of his friends from back home or his boys or whatever it is. I just hope that these things that are happening right now don't continue to happen because Antonio Brown is just throwing so much away right now. He's just throwing so much away because of all of this stuff that has nothing to do with football. He's throwing away his potential great Hall of Fame potential career, which I do not like. I do not like it. I'm actually very bummed out about, about what's happening mm-hmm. right now on his Twitter feed because Twitter is a beautiful place. The only reason why I have the show is because of Twitter. It gets a bad name because of the the trolls that you know dwell on hatred and things like that. Twitter makes the world a smaller place. Twitter takes out any narrative or spin from media. Twitter has the ability to connect you directly to people that support you and love you as opposed to the people that hate you as well. And sometimes when you have a massive platform, you have to think about what you're tweeting out and what the the ramifications are. And I'm just not sure that filter was hit this morning by Antonio Brown, who is doing everything he possibly can right now to potentially end his chances of getting back in the NFL. And I, I am not happy. I do not like it because I enjoyed watching Antonio Brown play football I, as a as a fan of football, which is what I am. 
I enjoyed watching Antonio Brown play football. He was so good. And there's a team up there in New England that could very much use that guy. Very much use that guy. And he's making it almost impossible mm-hmm. for them to bring him back. Even though an apology was starting to happen, it seemed like a turn of the page was happening. And now this morning here, Wednesday, December 11th, it's all out the window. There was a whole... IG post apology last week and it actually made me someone who was not on his side get back on his side I was like you know what I accept the apology stuff happens but in that apology he did explain how sometimes because this is something that I had to deal with right I don't come from a lot of money whenever you're put in a position where you're given a lot of money and maybe people are asking you for a lot of things and you're put in a spotlight and then he said false allegations are coming at you sometimes you react in a way that you never could have guessed and sometimes it takes a lot to learn from this and the apology felt genuine when he said it. And I think he had a lot of people coming back on his side. Now with this, it's like, man, all the good that you made. One step forward now, two steps back. It's just a tough spot to be in. Frank, what do you got? Funny you mention that because he literally just tweeted about the apology. That was the fam, not the racist NFL. So he was apologizing to, I suppose, his friends and family, not the actual teams, league organizations, owners, et cetera. Now, I will say this. The NFL has been called racist uh, in recent history due to the kneeling and everything like that. And I, I, I don't know how you can say that because they give a lot of money to a lot of minority. I'm not just talking about African-Americans, but now we got people from different countries coming in and playing. And well, maybe there are, I would assume, just like in society, there are some racist people in the NFL or in the world. But I hate that that's automatically what they say about the NFL because the coalition that Colin Kaepernick did create, we could say, has 80 to $100 million or something like that to try to help the world. So I don't know. For, for me, I'm just... I don't like I don't like what's happening with Antonio Brown right now. I'm not happy. I'm not happy about it. I don't like it. And maybe there are bad people out there that have tried to get Antonio mm-hmm. Brown in different t- cases. But man, you're talking about one of the best football players of all time. Like like not just of our generation. We're talking about a guy who is potentially the best football player of all time at his position. And it's just like, golly, man, come on. Dude, I want to watch you play football. One year ago, I think he was universally loved. Just one year ago. Call God, bro. And then week 17, he just didn't show up. And then that was pretty much it. <sighs> Keaton in Las Vegas, what's going on, pal? Good morning, Pat. Um, you've spoken on how hard it is to play in Foxborough, and I just wanted to know if you thought that Chiefs defense looked legit on Sunday. Okay, great question, Keaton. Thanks for that. Came in with a little bit of confidence, stated a a statement of fact, and then came in Mm -hmm. with a question on the backside. I got a tweet last night that said, hey, the Chiefs go into Foxborough, get a massive win, and all you're talking about is how the Patriots stink. Why won't you ever just talk about how good the Chiefs are? Good call. That's on us. I said that actually on Get Up in the morning. I was like, are we going to talk about the Chiefs getting a win in Foxborough, which is not easy to do. It's not easy to, no matter how bad the offense is performing for the Patriots, to win at Gillette Stadium. The place is a different animal. The fans, the mass holes that are currently booing their team, that is the greatest dynasty in the history of professional sports, their expectations are of each other as well to make that place a hellhole to play in. 
Now, obviously, you add in Bill Belichick, Ernie Adams, Josh McDaniels, and Tom Brady and the gang and that defense and special teams. Obviously, on the field, it's going to be tough just as it is off the field. And there was a time there where people thought that Bill Belichick and Kraft were controlling the weather up there. <laughs> that is how deep the conspiracy theories run about the New England Patriots. It's like there was actual humans who had very important titles and positions who dressed very nice who said, yeah, they control the weather up there. So it's not an easy place to play. The Chiefs go in there with with all of their weapons. Tyreek Hill was not only being used as a distraction, but he was outrunning people like the old Tyreek Hill that we used to see. Travis Kelsey's getting loose. Patrick Mahomes looks like his knee is healthy again. That defense, led by the honey badger, Tyron Matthew, is coming together at the right time. Will they be able to stop and beat the Baltimore Ravens? I think they have enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball where they can maybe do some damage against that defense. Nobody has really popped off against that Baltimore Ravens defense. Mm-hmm. And now, granted, the hype has been on the offense because they're revolutionizing the game. They got three tight ends. They got Lamar Jackson. They're running the option game when the world has been pushing a wide-open, air-raid-style offense in the NFL due to fantasy football and the style of players. The Baltimore Ravens have pivoted at 180 and gone a complete different direction and have been majestic to watch but that defense with a guy who said he was going to once put a beam on me judon (laughs) on d-line dominant and then marcus peters and all the way through that entire squad they are very very good will they be able to match up with all the weapons that uh brilliant mind a genius mind a beautiful mind andy reed has on the offensive side of the ball will they be able to stop patrick mahomes i'm not 100 percent sure whenever the chiefs lost like three four games in a row or whatever three or four out of five or whatever it was ESPN and all the power rankings still had him in the top seven. And I was like, These, this team can't win. What are we doing? Why are they up there? And then once you see them start playing again, you're like, oh, this is why. Because the potential of that team is absolutely devastating to opponents. Remember, last year, they were one D Ford offsides away from beating the Patriots and probably going on to win the Super Bowl with how we saw the Los Angeles Rams play in that Super Bowl. They probably win the Super Bowl last year. Another year of experience for Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid and that offense getting better. You would think they would be able to take that next step. And whenever they stumbled this year, I had questions. A lot of people questions but the rankers didn't they're like no no this team will figure it out that defense is getting good tyron matthews a ball hawk he's a stud that offense is good in special teams even though they got a punt block last week colquitt and butker are very very talented as well that could be a team to reckon with i'm just not sure how they match up against the baltimore ravens yeah i mean they put 33 on them in week three but i think the ravens defense has gotten much better yeah and that was a different baltimore ravens too. they had no marcus peters and they yeah you're right they didn't have the swag that the ravens are playing with right now yeah it was a very different that was when they were still trying to figure out what they were going to do on the offensive side of the ball. Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson. I think that was back when Lamar Jackson was saying he hated running mm-hmm. because everybody was calling him a running back and all he wanted to prove was he was a quarterback. He and Greg Roman got past that. Thank God to all football fans' uh, uh, minds that he got past that because watching him play football and play quarterback has been beautiful, to be honest with you. Yeah, to, he threw 43 times in that game. Yeah, that was the game where everybody was like, all right, hey. Hey, he can do things. <laughs> Listen, we don't need him playing like Patrick Mahomes. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He is his own mm-hmm. special. That would be a fun game to watch, by the way. That would be a fun game to watch. The now Baltimore Ravens against the now Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Now that all, our defense is going, that would be a lot of fun to watch. But will it happen? I don't know that AFC is going to be difficult. Everything runs through the Patriots is what they say. But the Baltimore Ravens have home field advantage. Also, to go back to the original point there, Uh, about not talking about the Chiefs winning. They didn't really deserve to win that game. They got bailed out by two blown calls. Well, first half, they were very good. I said that on uh, Get Up, and they were like, oh, so if he's 
if Nikhil Harry's in, he, they, they don't win, they tie. I'm like, well, the fumble that got punched out, Gilly Lock picks that up. Let's assume he takes it back. They're like, oh, you don't think Tyreek Hill will catch him? I'm like, okay, so he gets a 10. <laughs> Let's assume they score from there. Or they do some trick play to get in the end zone. They could have still won that game, just like the Texans game where the, the Patriots played terrible. But to go into Foxborough and get a win, no matter how it looks, how it happens, let's assume some bad calls went against the Chiefs as well throughout that thing that just weren't as blatant and as obvious. It always happens. I don't know. I'm excited to see what the Chiefs can do. Another thing about playing in Foxborough that we haven't talked about yet, there is a laundry list of teams who have made complaints to the league about their headsets going oh, out, yeah. playing in Foxborough <laughs> and only in Foxborough. Yeah, but if your headset goes out, that, that means the New England headsets have to go out too. Yeah, but they, they're prepared for them to go out. Yeah, because they're like... Uh, Ernie Adams comes down with a little clip card. He's like, all right, we're going to work on signals this week. <laughs> oh, why are we doing that? Well, it'd be a real shame if those headsets just <laughs> <laughs> stop. We had that against the Miami Dolphins. That was the only time I was a part of an operation where that happened. The connection for the Miami for us wasn't working. We had uh, uh, Clipboard Jesus. Charlie Whitehurst. Oh, we had Charlie Whitehurst, a quarterback, and uh, the headsets weren't working, so they had to – they literally had to take the headsets off. Everybody took the headsets off. You start signaling. You had like a, a thing. It like went back to the old days. And the Dolphins hadn't been informed that our headsets weren't working yet. There was pandemonium on the sideline. Like, you better tell them. <laughs> you better tell them they can't talk to anybody either. So that's a rule. But I would assume if you prepare for it. Hmm. Huh? Hmm. Something hmm. to think about up there. Hmm. Think about that, Hasselbeck. Whoa. Yeah, Hasselbeck. Whoa. Whoa. Jeez. Whoa. Matt in Pittsburgh. What's going on, pal? So, in AB's most recent Tiki flare-up, he's tweeting that Big Ben stinks without him. So, with Big Ben coming off an injury and on the back end of his career, the Duckster is taking the city and the nation by storm. Can you break down the future of the NFL, of the Steelers quarterback situation for me? Thanks, Scott. Love the show. I think the quarterback of the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, listen. I'm from the town with the Steel great football, football team. Go on and get them Steelers. Okay, so obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base is one that is very large. They're a very passionate one. And Big Ben Roethlisberger came in and did a lot of things for the Steelers that nobody could have expected. Uh, he's been a very successful quarterback there. And through his troubles, which there were a plenty, the Steelers fans stuck with him strictly because he was good at football. Great at football. There is no objectivity to the fact that morally they were 100% with him just because of how good he was at throwing footballs to players on his team. Correct. <laughs> so that is – Nick? I ain't going to hang out with him. No way. But I love watching him throw that rock around. <laughs> so, so that is how Pittsburgh feels about Ben Roethlisberger. And I think anybody could tell you that Roethlisberger is an elite quarterback. He just doesn't act off the field as an elite quarterback would act. Now, on the field, he puts up incredible numbers. He's a dynamic player because he doesn't care if you hit him. He, he's just going to try to extend the play. He's going to throw the ball. And he had a lot of weapons in the past that he could just throw the ball up. A lot of people talk about Antonio Brown, but Martavis Bryant there for a while. Oh, alien. Was an alien that he could just throw the rock to him. Before that, he had other weapons. I would assume this year sitting out, and now that he's actually watching another quarterback succeed, you could tell that he's a little bit of a petty man. And the reason why you know that is because whenever he was doing interviews in the past, he was very okay just throwing people <laughs> directly under the Jerome Bettis bus harder than I've ever seen in my life. Well, our rookie quarterback should have caught the ball, and it's a whole different game. It's like, 
on local radio shows, you just can't say that, Roth. As a starting quarterback, you can't bury your people publicly, which was a mistake he made on a regular basis. Now, is Duck Hodges burying anybody? No, no. Mm-hmm. Duck Hodges is dancing and partying with everybody. Will Duck Hodges remain the backup quarterback going into the future? I would assume that is the case, even though they invested a pick in Mason Rudolph, which is going to be an interesting decision for old Colbert to make. Get him out of town. <laughs> Get him out of town. Like his brain when that helmet hit him. Get him out of here. Get him out. Do I love Duck Hodges? Yes. He's not a better quarterback than Ben Rosberg? Is that what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. Oh, come on. Oh, come dude. on. He's undefeated. Well, Has Ben Roethlisberger ever lost a game? Yes, he has. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got a duck. Nick got me a duck call, and I'm very excited about it. I just don't completely know. Hey, we got to turn it on. I think it's broken. I think you got to turn it on. Yeah. Started next season. If Ben comes back and he's skinny, I don't want him. If he comes back fat, sign me up. He looks like he's putting on oh, a pound as yeah. much as possible. <laughs> fat Ben is the, is great. Skinny Ben, not so much. The fact that they're winning without him and without other weapons and everything like that, Mike Tomlin deserves Coach of the Year conversation pretty high up there. I would assume it's going to go to Harbaugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would assume, by the way, well-deserved. But Mike Tomlin should definitely be in the conversation. I'll tell you what. This show has been a good one. And that's because I'm surrounded by really good people. You know, I got a good squad every day at the office. Now, I haven't been home much this fall to really enjoy everybody's company. But this week now, we're going on three straight days at the office here. This is a record so far. New studio is a thing of beauty. Very thankful for the DAZN folks putting that thing together for us with the Westwood One folks doing incredible technology. But it's been nice to be around the group. I haven't seen them all. A lot of people have changed a little bit, you know? New haircuts from some folks. New attitudes. New favorite teams. I mean, I, I haven't seen everybody on a consistent basis in three months. I've been in and out so much. It's been great to catch up with the boys. <clears throat> My lady <clears throat> is obviously the best thing in my life. My fiance, um, it's been awesome getting to sleep at home with her. Right? Yeah, that's right. so natural. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. It has been. Um, but when you're at work, and especially when you're a business that's trying to grow, hiring the right person. Do you want me to talk about hiring you? No, thank you. I'm fine. Oh, well, that's why earlier when I was talking about everybody that was at work, you know, it was because of this. You were going to transition into something. Well, you were talking about long fall. You haven't seen people. Mm -hmm. It was good to see them. Well, I was just saying that because at work, hiring the right person takes time. Now I understand. Time that you often don't have. Urgency can be your enemy when it comes to finding candidates that are truly meant for your business. You know, I was lucky when, with the people that we have here. Now, granted, I think there was a, a few good folks that worked for us that ended up in New York whenever the, the full split happens, but I'm very happy with the group that we have in the office, hardworking folks. And, you know, that's not always the case. And when people are hiring things, they need to know that where they're hiring from is looking deeper than just a resume to make sure you're getting the right person for your company, the proper 
fit. And that's why LinkedIn is the best place to post your job. LinkedIn job screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and put your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business blossom and grow into what it should be, which is magical. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash McAfee. Again, that's linkedin.com slash McAfee to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions obviously apply. Have that incredible business of yours flourish with the proper hiring to take it to the next level. Now, away from work. When you're at home and you get a chance to sleep next to your fiance for four straight nights, it's, it's just so incredible and impeccable. And it's hard to describe the feeling other than how it feels if you were to post your job on LinkedIn Jobs. First $50 off. All right. Back to the show. Can we get a breaking news thing, please? I have breaking news. Wow. This is for the brand, too. This is breaking news for the brand. Let's go. I just got a text from uh, Thomas Morstead. It said, can you please explain how big this is? And I said, Zito, hit the breaking news. And to you, Pat. Thank you, Zito. Breaking news. The Pro Bowl ballots have been sent out to the players in the NFL to vote about their peers. Okay, you get a ballot to fill out who do you think the player of the year is, comeback player of the year, MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. Then vote by position who you think should make the Pro Bowl. You can't vote for your own teammates, so you have to vote for other people. There's a little bit of gamesmanship by people. If you're close to making the Pro Bowl, let's not vote for the person that could potentially take my spot. Let's vote for somebody else. There is some pettiness even in the professional athlete ranks. But this year, 2019, for the first time in its history, you can actually vote for which long snapper should go into the Pro Bowl. This is the first time in the history of the Pro Bowl where the long snapper is being recognized as an actual position. Let's go. Let's go. I thought so. Uh, that's big news. How did they choose before? It was just the coaches would pick. And normally it was just the coaches would bring whoever was their long snapper oh, or a long snapper they knew. On. So anytime you would hear a long snapper say, well, I'm a Pro Bowl long snapper, it's like, mm, <laughs> you got the jersey. <laughs> but that's not their fault that they didn't get used to get voted on. It's not their fault that the players, the coaches, the fans, uh, the media did not vote on a long snapper going into the Pro Bowl. But now officially, 2019, good for the brand, good for the game, good for the league. The long snapper can officially get voted in and be recognized for his talents as opposed to just his allegiances to the coaches that are coaching in the Pro Bowl. Did those guys get bonused, the ones who went? I'm not sure. They would get the Pro Bowl bonus, yeah, if they won, they'd get like forty grand or whatever it is. But if there was never in a contract written like a Pro Bowl bonus because there was never something that was voted on, right. it was always 
a selection by whoever the coaches were. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting little thing. I hope the guy from the Giants goes. That was impressive. He was skipping that ball back there a couple times. Yeah, it's hard to do a one-hop on that many regular occasions. And by the way, Diossi. I think his name's Diossi. He's been a long snapper for a very long time up there. Ten. Very good. He has had – that's Diossi. <laughs> D. Aussie. He's been very good for a long time, but he has had some off this year. I believe this is the work, and you're going to appreciate this. Joe, Joe Cardinaro, I believe, is the long snapper for the Patriots. Yep. He's from the Navy. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's really been trying to push this through because it is a position where I think I've explained to a lot of people can control the outcome of a lot of operations, the field goal operation, the punt operation. It's a real talent to be able to snap the ball the same exact way every single time so that on field goals, the laces are out. If you see the laces directly back, I've said this before, although you've seen Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Finkel wanted to kill Marino because of the hold nowadays in football with a job strictly dedicated to long snapping the laces are 100 on the long snapper is the holder supposed to help if he can yes but everything's happening so much faster than it used to happen that each job is divvied up now laces are on the snapper and protection up the gut the holder's job is to catch it put it down in the exact spot it's supposed to go good lean and then fix the laces at the end and the kicker's job is obviously to put the ball through the uprights it's a full operation where for far too long the kicker was blamed or the holder was blamed because it was the holder's fault Mm -hmm. but nowadays in the way the nfl is and how it's a specialized position where people are making millions and millions of dollars to snap the ball that's on them and in punt they're just taught to hit the strike zone okay strike zone is from shoulders to hips maybe middle of the thigh and everything's in a rhythm if they miss from that it's very hard to get off a good ball everybody's like oh that punter just hit a terrible punt it's like well If that snap would have put them in a little bit better position, maybe they'd be able to hit it in a rhythm because everything now is happening much faster than it used to happen. You got six foot six guys running four fours off the edge trying to block it. So everything has to happen in sync. And the long snapper carries a lot more importance than people have ever imagined. I'm happy they're getting voted in the Pro Bowl. Good for them. And thanks to Thomas Morstead for the text message from the voting polls. Yeah, so Ram Sports Fact for you real quick. Uh, Diossi, Zach Diossi, only father-son to have a Super Bowl. From the same uh, organization. No yeah, big his, deal. his dad played for the Giants for a long time. Good fun fact right there by Zito. Hey, hey boy, Z. Hey, boy, Z. Hey, boy, Z. Come I got, on, another, I got another fun fact. Okay. This one comes from Billy McComas. Apparently, the YouTube is saying that you're blown in the wrong end of the duck call. Oh, boy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no sense you would think the one that looks like the mouthpiece uh, hell of a call hey watch out for the ducks flying <laughs> <in>. <laughs> we're gonna fly v coming in right now good for me there's our emmy moment oh my god <laughs> are we winning an emmy for that yeah. oh we should yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> i love this thing that was awesome by the way much easier <laughs> I can't wait for you to put that out and have duck grade your duck call. Oh. All right. Turn the music off, please. Nick Moraldo gifted me this duck call this morning. 
Never been out on the, the pond or in the hedges or whatever the hell they do. I've watched Duck Dynasty, though, so I understand it's a process. I would like to be judged on this duck call now that I know that this it's the ass end you blow into mm -hmm. and not the mouthpiece end. Please judge this on a score of 1 to 10, I believe he said. Mm -hmm. Yep. And if it's, uh, if it's, don't be rude. <clears throat> I'm sitting out there. It's like uh, 7.30 a.m. Oh, what's the temperature? It's like uh, 50, 55, Ooh, 56 degrees. You know, the sun is like kind of up a little bit. Oh. There is dew. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. There's a little pond out there in front. Oh. I'm sitting in one of them things with the grass. And oh, yeah. 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 yeah I got the, the eye black uh, Gilly on. suit. The ghillie okay. suit on. Yeah. And they say, hey, Pat, we're ready to go. And I go fire in the hole. See them come flying oh. in. You got Gordon Bombay leading the boys. <laughs> Incoming! Incoming! Duck poops flying! <laughs> Bird shot! <laughs> That's, hey, a lot easier when you go from that end. Mm. Oh, yeah. Who would have known? <laughs> <laughs> Who told you digs the internet? Uh, Billy McComas texted us that the YouTube channel that's watching. Oh, shout out the apparently YouTube a channel. Of, apparently a bunch of duck callers. YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. I appreciate that. I would like to get my duck call that I just called in judge. Now, granted, human ears might not be able to understand that. I would like if you have a pet duck to ask them mm -hmm. and hear that and see yeah, what they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. If your duck starts humping the screen. <laughs> Chances are he's already flying south, actually. I mean, he heard that thing and he's. Turn around. He's got to go. I, yeah. All he's got to go, yeah. I'll turn this damn bush. <laughs> That was that for a beautiful Thursday, December 12th. Hey, Zeus's birthday, 13 days away. I believe Hanukkah, 10 days away. I could be wrong. I think so. Shabbat Shalom. Um, oh, I don't know when Kwanzaa is. This is gonna, that's not good. This is going to haunt me. Anyways, the holiday season is upon us. I hope you're enjoying it at home. I hope you're enjoying it with your family. I hope you're enjoying it with your friends. And we're very thankful that you're choosing to spend some time to listen to our show. Right now, use hashtag CheesePickMePatEntry. You post an epic photo or epic video of you doing something awesome with Cheez-Its. You could potentially win a chance to sit next to me with one of your friends with free airfare, free hotel, Fieldside in a two-story box of Cheez-Its at the Cheez-It Bowl, December 27, 2019. Let's go. Have an incredible day. We'll see you manana. From all of us to you, you're the greatest. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.